Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. It is uh, eight minutes after the hour, and uh, Garson is in from Grafts. Dale Roberts is on board. He's a, a Second Amendment supporter and a great attorney, or an attorney that grates. I'm not sure which way <laughs> that was written. But anyway, uh, Chuck Basie is with us as well. He is a, a Second Amendment supporter. If you missed the first part of the program, uh, it will be up on podcast. Uh, when does that happen, Brian? Monday. Uh, so you can listen to it on your way to work or at work, uh, any time at all. Well, almost any time at all. Anyway, um, Dale uh, sent me this uh, piece at realclearinvestigations.com. Vast majority of violent offenses, because we keep talking about violent crime and guns, uh, and there are some distinctions to be made. Uh, do you want to talk about this? You got a minute before we uh, talk to Garson about all the firearms he brought into the studio here? I do. I'm not going anywhere. Damn. <laughs> all right. <laughs> what can I say? Yeah. The, I, and, and I subscribe to the newsletter that comes from John Lott, from his webpage, from his research. And this was something he sent out. I just caught it, I think, either last night or this morning. And it's published a couple locations. One of them is Real Clear Investigations. And I... I was surprised at these numbers, uh, based on his research, 92% of violent crimes in America do not involve a firearm. I yeah. never would have guessed that. Um, and murders in Chicago and New York City are actually going down, contrary to what we see in the news, although other crimes are increasing, like mur uh, like rape and assault, things like that. Um but and I don't know, you know which parts Chicago, of this. Chicago uh, sex crimes twenty three percent rise. Yes. Wow. Um, he's got statistics on uh, New York as well. Uh, murders, like you point out, uh, dropped. Uh, however, uh, robberies are up eighteen percent. Rapes up nine percent. Uh, other sex crimes thirty five percent. All of which don't usually involve guns. Sex crimes rarely do. Uh, they're, you know, they keep talking, the administration keeps talking about violent crime and guns in the same sentence. And there, there is very little correlation here. Not only that, I, I enjoyed his statistics where they've gone back and looked at Biden's speeches and looked at specific speeches where Biden mentioned firearms or weapons 148 times but only use the words crime or violence 89 times. I mean, the, the focus from the president is clearly we don't have a problem with crime. We have a problem with firearms, which the statistics don't support that conclusion. Um, and the fact that, you know, Democrats are pushing for restrictions on police authority. Republicans and Republican jurisdictions are giving police more power to address crime. I mean, it all... Things you know, all all of these other crimes uh, could possibly be the result of not prosecuting people. Or it could also be, uh, you know, related, Garson, to uh, the, the cities and counties releasing violent criminals because of, you know, the fear of the China flu, COVID-19. Uh, they, they don't seem to be taking any of that into consideration. Oh, yeah, in this article, it looks like... Uh, um Half of prison inmates have been released on account of pandemic um, concerns. And then, uh, what, in California, they're not even arresting people? 
if they steal less than a thousand dollars. Yeah, have you and, seen yeah. those videos? Have you guys seen those videos? And I I get I get one sent to me like almost every day, and it's just insanity. I mean, they just walk into the store, grab some stuff, and walk out. And and they're not just grabbing a, a handful; they're bringing backpacks and garbage bags and. I mean, uh, why why bring a backpack? I'm sure the store's got a backpack you can take <laughs> and then load up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, so crime control there is catch and release? It's not even it's, catch. Yeah, they're not oh, even catching. They won't prosecute, so they don't. police don't bother to show up. It's like, you got to be kidding. Why would anybody? See, now, if, if I'm living in California and I'm a retailer, I'm thinking, why would I want to have my store in a, in a location where it's vulnerable to this kind of attack? Well, and that explains, so I've seen news stories of stores that are closing and people complain about being in a, a grocery desert. Food desert. Food, yeah, food you know, desert. Where, there, where there's no, and the store owners were saying, well, we have to close because of crime. Now I understand why. Yeah. It is insane in California. Did you know that most of the murders in this country happen in 2% of the counties? Cook County? <laughs> <laughs> well... A, a good chunk. Uh, but it really is localized. Um, and there, the, you know, this idea that it is the gun is clearly exposed over and over again as, as, as being false. And it's, it's a shame that the media don't do an honest uh, appraisal of what's going on out there. ABC News claims defensive gun uses are gun violence. Um incomprehensible as it sounds, uh, ABC News has connected with a leftist anti-rights organization to offer bias-manipulated information in support of a series of anti-gun specials. The week-long special is framed as a focus on gun violence across the country. However, in the midst of the coverage, ABC News admitted they dug down and discovered violence occurs disproportionately in poorer urban areas from Los Angeles to Chicago to New York. In other words, Democrat-run cities. Um, the, me the media is never going to be with us. Uh, if it were not for the Internet and uh, talk radio, you would never get the information. So it's, it's going to be a, a tough road to hoe, I would think, except so many Americans went out and bought guns in the last year. So, Garson, are they losing this, This you know, are the anti-gun people losing this argument? I would like to say yes, but no. Um, I, I hate to say it, but a lot of people that bought guns aren't gun people, and they're not pro-gun, but they still recognize the value in having one to protect themselves. Whether that's, you know, a right they think everyone should have, no. Um, but, yeah, there are... There are anti-gun gun owners out there, and it infuriates me because they think they're better than us and that them having a gun is okay because they're an upstanding individual that has something to protect, whereas the rest of us are just savages dragging our knuckles through the dirt and we're uneducated slobs that want to live in the backwoods and, and kiss our cousins. Wow, that is an ugly picture. Yeah. Um, Chuck... What about this state representative, Cory Bush, or federal, this House of Representatives, uh, uh, Cory Bush, in St. Louis, screaming, defund the police, defund the police, and kind of, you know, th this goes to Garson, 
and then saying, uh, you know, and then going out and spending thousands, what, 40000 on private security. Right. And uh, uh, I was just looking at that story online. Um, we had a hearing down at the Capitol when we were still in session on redistricting, and I'm on that committee. And she came to testify about her congressional district, uh, district number one. And uh, I noticed that there were a couple of uh, gentlemen with her, and they had badges on their belts. And yet she is one of the most outspoken people in Congress about defunding the police. And I found out that they were off-duty St. Louis police officers. And she is openly advocating for defunding the police while she's hiring these guys to protect her when she's out in public. You know, if I were one of those police officers, I would refuse the money. I'd say, you know what, I don't want the job. You don't think we should have security for everybody else? We're not going to provide it for you. She was just doing that so she can negotiate a better rate with her private security. <laughs> Good Lord. What a hypocrite. All right. They're, Garson, all, they're all hypocrites. Yeah. Uh, or, or liars. Just plain old liars. Garson brought in a couple of firearms. We're going to talk about them in just a few minutes. I'm Gary on Guns. Hot Talk, 93.9 The Eagle. It is uh, 21 minutes after the hour. Garson on board. He is here from Graffs. And then uh, Dale Roberts is on board with us. He is... He's our legal eagle here, or legal beagle. We uh, refer to him whenever we have questions about lawyers and law. Uh, yeah, he's, careful now. Yeah, I just thought I'd better be careful because you're a lawyer. Uh, no, he is really one of the good guys, and always glad to have him on board with us. But, uh, uh, Garson, you brought in a couple of nice toys. Oh, yes, indeed I did. You know, people get upset when I say that. I've had complaints. You can't refer to them as toys. It gives them a bad reputation. Somebody will think, you know, ju you just can't make everybody happy. Yeah, well, so when, and, you know, the NRA gets mad when you call them weapons, um, yeah. which, you know, they are, but they're also toys. I mean, some people use them as entertainment. Some people use them as tools. Um, you know, and, and the whole battle of semantics angers me because, you know, we can't agree on calling them anything but um, the left is in 100% wholehearted agreement in calling them assault weapons. And, uh, you know, um, they they win the semantics battle almost every time. Yeah, it's it's kind of sad that they do. Uh, Dale is playing with his toy right now. <laughs> um, that sounded dirty, the toy right now. Uh, so tell me what you brought here. So... We got a fresh shipment yesterday before I left um, of Landor Arms rifles, um, or shotguns, I'm sorry. These are Turkish-made shotguns, and Turkey, I guess Turkey's making more shotguns than any other country in the world right now because they're just churning them out. Um, but this is imported by Canyon Arms out of Texas, and this is a semi-auto, magazine-fed 12-gauge. Um, it's their uh, LND-117, and... Um, it's got a Picatinny rail, free float handguard. It's just a cool little setup gun. Um, a lot of guys are customizing these for three gun. I've seen some pretty radical versions of this at matches, and um, I'm pretty sure these are being imported by three or four companies under under different names, but all same basic features: uh, aluminum receiver, uh, polymer lower. Um, it, it has an AR look about it, but um, it, it's definitely not an AR compatible shotgun. So um, I know there's a few companies doing an AR 
shotgun that like actually goes onto a regular AR lower in 410. But this is a this is a 12 gauge with a 18 inch uh, yeah 18 and a half inch barrel. Uh, comes with two choke tubes, choke wrench. Uh, even comes with flip up sights that look like uh, Magpul um, knockoff sights. Um, they did a pretty decent job with the knockoff sights, um, but they uh, kind of installed them backwards. It looks like. <laughs> <laughs> how many how many rounds in that uh, magazine? So it comes with three magazines. Uh, one is a three round magazine, and the other two are five round magazines. Um, right. It's got. Like oh yeah, so it's got a cheek riser at the back, so you can adjust that uh, up or down to uh, to get better eye relief on your scope. Um, just cool shotgun, um, and I you know the semi-autos really absorb all that recoil, so you're uh, you're a much more pleasant shooting experience than trying to shoot um, a pump for for a lot of people. Yeah, the uh, and the season is just getting ready for shotguns. Um, how much? What's the breaking point on this? How much? Uh, these are only six hundred and fifty-two dollars. Really? Really? That is neat. For and, that kind of money? Yeah. Um, well, so we got the same thing in a bullpup, and the bullpup's actually cheaper. Normally, bullpups are like a little bit extra. Yeah. Because uh, all the extra, you know, guts they need to make them run, and the and I think the bullpup was like five seventy-five. Wow. What do you know about the history of the manufacturer? Um, not much. There's, the, um, so you know, the first um, Turkish shotguns I was introduced to was at Target Masters, and that was the Charles Daly, and those were you know two hundred bucks, but for two hundred bucks, it was not a bad shotgun. No, um, I always thought I, I Charles Daly were nice. Yeah, I wouldn't try and take it out and you know shoot sporting clays every weekend with it because it's just not going to hold up to it. But you know, for a good you know. Shoot it every once in a while. Leave it loaded in the you know um, closet at home. Gun more more than capable and um, and you know good entry level value price shotgun. Um, from there, um, I think that's exploded into you know a couple different manufacturers. I think there's at least five or six actual plants in Turkey making shotguns, and because of the way they're imported, you never know you know if the guy making these Landors is the same guy that's making the Charles Dailies or whatever. Um, it's kind of a, a quagmire over there. I, I was going to say, it seems like that, you know, the whole pandemic induced shortage of firearms from the manufacturers we're used to, you know, the usual names has opened up the way for you. You've brought in a number of firearms to these two today from companies I hadn't heard of before, but these are really nicely equipped. They're nice firearms. Yeah, um, they're great. And th this has a lot of extras on it. No I kidding. I mean, it, it's, it's got a Magpul-style AFG-type forward um, grip there. Um, and, you know, it... It just I think looks it, comfortable to shoot. Yeah, it's, 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 it's much more nicely appointed than, you know, the Charles Daly of the time were. And there there's a lot of guns coming over from Turkey. And... They're they're moving them. Um, we got five of these, and we got five of the bullpups, and um, and I'm I'm impressed with them. They're uh, I haven't shot one yet. I plan to um, as soon as I. Uh, well, I guess I did get paid yesterday, but um, I didn't know these were coming in. <laughs> Otherwise, there'd be one less uh, at at uh, at graphs. But yeah, so I got a buddy who used to run a 
a custom um, Benny Hill made Benelli um, three gun shotgun, and he's now running um, a version of this gun. I forget which importer his came from, but it's it's identical to this gun um, from one of the one of the importers, and um, he shoots it faster than he shoots his Benelli. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, and you know, and there's the other thing. Uh, some of their other semi-autos I was looking at when I ordered these are like blatant Benelli knockoffs. They <laughs> they look just like, and I don't mean like a close copy. They look just like Benelli's, and that might be because you know Stoger's owned by Benelli, and I believe Stoger's some of Stoger's production is in Turkey now, so it might be an actual you know made-off Benelli print gun um, because they're made on the same line as actual you know Benelli licensed. Um, versions of their shotguns. All right. Uh, now, you didn't... That's not an orphan. You, no. You didn't bring that in all by itself. It it, it did not. Um, so... Well, I'll tell you what. Brian, how much time do we have? All right. Go ahead. Okay. So, um, Shadow Systems is a relatively new company. They're U.S. made in Texas, in uh, Plano, Texas. And they... Uh, they do a Glock clone, but it's really not fair to say a clone because they have their own patents that Glock doesn't have. Um, but these are um, Glock magazine-fed semi-auto pistols, and they are compatible with some Glock parts and components. Um, these are this is the DR920. This is their full-size version, so it's the sa- about the same size as a uh, Glock 17. Um, it comes. They all come with uh, combat night sights, so you got a front tritium night sight with a large um, yellow um, silicon insert. So the front sight, you can find it anywhere. Um, it's it's just always available. Oops. <laughs> Oops. <no. laughs> All right, we'll come back. We'll wrap that up. We'll find out about the availability of other firearms. And I'll tell you about the Washington Alliance for Gun Responsibility. All coming up on Gary on Guns, Hot Talk 93.9 Eagle. Hey, it's 35 minutes after the hour, and uh, I'm pleased to tell you that Garson is in from Graffs in Mexico, Missouri. Absolutely worth the ride down to Graffs. Uh, they uh, they got everything. I mean everything. And if you're into reloading, they are the place to go. People from all over the country and all over the world, frankly, uh, buy from Graffs uh, and and. They're right down the street from us. Absolutely worth it. Uh, also on board, Dale Roberts, a brilliant attorney and a Second Amendment supporter. And he is uh, on board with us this morning as well. We kind of gave you a short shrift on the uh, on that second firearm. So if you want to kind of retouch uh, Gar- Garson and uh, let people know about uh, you know some more of those details, we'll do that. And then I'll uh, start chatting about the Washington Alliance for Gun Responsibility. What a wonderful-sounding, innocuous name. <laughs> yeah, uh, wolf in sheep's clothing there. Yeah. Um, so um, it's their frame. So a little background. They started doing customized Glocks. So they'd buy a Glock and then make a bunch of modifications to it and then sell you that modified Glock. This gun is their frame, their slide, their barrel. So... Um, it's all made in-house and it's got those custom features made into it already. So it's got the extended beaver tail. Um, it's got the undercut. Well, it's not really an undercut cause that's how the trigger guard is now, but the, the trigger guard is much slimmer. So you get a much higher purchase. So it lowers the bore axis in your grip. 
to make it a flatter shooting and faster shooting gun. Um, and all their slides are cut for optics now. They used to make it an optional um, feature, but now that's standard. And one of their patents is um, their mounting position for the optic. Um, they've got a patent on um, on their extractor and the screw. Um, on one side, on a lot of guns, because the uh, extractor travels through the part of the slide, you have to use a shorter screw to make room for everything. Mm-hmm. Well, they've redesigned this in such a way that they're able to use a full-length screw on both sides so you get a much stronger mount for your, you know, expensive optic and um, full reliable operation of the extractor. Um, so that's, I've, I've got three of these guns. I've got an MR918, I've got the MR, uh, the DR920, and um, the MR920. So I, I own one example of each gun they've produced um, under their own name. Uh, they've got slide serrations front and back. So, you know, regular Glocks, they only have it at the rear, but they've added it here to the front, and they've actually slimmed up the frame a little bit here in the front. So behind the serrations, the frame actually gets fatter. Um, so it makes a nice stopping point to give you good purchase on uh, racking your slide if you like racking it ahead of the trigger guard. And then this is the Elite model, so it's got some lightning cuts on the side that lets you see the really cool um, spiral fluted barrel. And how many of these did you guys get? Uh, I think we got three of these left. Um, there might be less now, but um, I've got one here, and there should be two at Graf still. All right. So if you're looking for that uh, for that pistol, they've got it. Uh, let me and you know it's it's kind of interesting that they sort of piggybacked uh, off of one manufacturer to create their own line. It's yeah, and a few companies did that because um, the last um, army. Um, trials for um, a combat handgun really opened up the door, and um, the the what is it? The, the Glock 19X won won a small contract, um, and a lot of other. So that's why a lot you'll see a lot of Glock 19s out there from a lot of various manufacturers. Um, is because that was the gun that, or that fit the parameters for one of the contracts that was open. Um, so there was a lot of development on that front. Ah, uh, um, the free market. I just love it. Exactly. Absolutely. Uh, how about, uh, the, you know, we talked about the supply of ammo. You said it's starting to loosen up a little bit. Uh, and, and I assume you're getting 9mm, uh, 45 ACP, maybe 32. Are you getting all those? Yeah. Um, common calibers we actually have in stock. Um, and so we got lucky. We got a bunch of 5.56, five, but it's all jumbo packed. So we can't ship it. Um, or we can't ship it UPS or FedEx because it's not oriented packaging. So it has to either go on commercial truck or you can come pick it up at the store. It's worth a ride just to go down there and take a lap through there. Uh, how about uh, pistols? Uh, are they starting to show up more? Is that loosened up? Yes. Um, when it's, yeah, It started about a month ago when I started to think that, you know, just because of the severe lack of ammunition, people weren't just, were finally backing down on what guns they were buying. But um, we, we've got more guns in stock on the shelf right now than we've had in uh, two years. Yeah. And I've got more coming. I've got another $40,000 worth of guns I ordered this week. They should be here next week. So they're catching up. Uh, It's finally starting to loosen up a little bit. Some manufacturers, like Smith & Wesson, if there's a Smith & Wesson you want, I can probably order it if I don't have it in stock right now. But Glocks, I still can't fill the case with Glocks. Um, We get a handful um, but 
it's never enough and never in all the calibers everyone wants. Is Glock like the number one pistol manufacturer? Um, you... I, I would say if they're not number one, they're in the top five. I'd, I'd have to think Sig Sauer is probably the number one manufacturer right now because they've got that Army contract, and they're riding the coattails of that pretty hard. So um, Springfield, are they in that in the running at all, Springfield Armory? Yeah, Springfield, Glock, um, Sig. Smith? Um, yeah, Smith, Smith & Wesson, and uh, probably probably HK on an international level, maybe not so much here in the U.S., uh, but, yeah, I would, I would say those are the top five. The polymer guns have gotten to be so popular. Do you have any idea what percentage of handguns are that you're selling are, are the 1911s? I mean, are, have they faded away? Or are they... They've not faded away. Um, there's, there's a huge market for them, but... The market for polymer combat handguns is just that much bigger. Okay. Yeah, Scott Van Kirk teases me and, and suggests that I should come, to, you know, be a part of the 21st century and give up the 1911. <laughs> but I, I love the action on a 1911. I, but, I, but for competition handguns, the highest performing competition handguns are built on two platforms. The um, CZ-75 platform, um, also uh, known as the Springfield P9 which one is, was one of Springfield's best guns that was made by Tang Folio and imported by Springfield Armory. And then the 1911, um, those are, you know, the, the two most prolific competition handguns in history. And, and, the, and, and still, this isn't like we, because 1911 has been sold for so long that it's in the running. It's, it's currently one of the top yeah, two. And I include the 2011 in that since it's, you know, just a double stack 1911. Yeah, I I just love the the feel of it, and I don't mind. And, and I, you know, I've got an advantage over most uh, people when it comes to concealed carry because I'm a very large guy, uh, and it's easier for me to to carry a firearm that size. Um, I just love them. I, I think they're great. And I I have yet to find a polymer gun that has the same kind of trigger pull that I that I get. This well, and and you can get a 1911 in the polymer frame. An Israeli company named Bull makes one. Really? Oh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, one of the advantages to that steel frame is, you know, that it just handles that round really, really nicely. I, I think the weight or the mass of the of a 1911 frame absorbs a lot of that yeah. energy. Yeah. To yeah make well, it the, he the heavier any gun is, the yeah, less recoil sure. you're going to feel. And, you know, it seems like years ago, Kimber and maybe someone else came out with polymer 1911s and they don't make them anymore so they were importing the bull frames from israel and using those to make theirs oh i don't know i, I it, in addition to the way it shoots uh it is the, the way it looks i just i think it's a pretty gun i'm really comfortable with the 1911 i love the way that you don't have to stage that trigger so much it's just right there uh the only downside to a regular 1911 is that they don't hold a lot of rounds. I mean, you just you run out of room pretty quickly. Um, and well, I, can, I mean, I don't know if there is a gun that holds enough rounds. Well, that's <laughs> that's probably true. But you want to get past seven uh, when the other guys are shooting fifteen and well, eighteen. You got to get those eight round magazines. So you got nine, you know, on you in the gun. And and then you'll only be shy by half 
the number of rounds. I'm just going to say an reload, accurate shooter doesn't learn to need reload. extra rounds. <laughs> well, but I, maybe I have more than one target. Oh, okay. okay. You know, maybe nice I got save. More, maybe I've got more than one enemy. It's possible. Good save. It's not likely, but it's possible. All right, we'll be back. We're Carry On Guns. The Washington Alliance for Gun Responsibility will explain who they are next on Carry On Guns. Hey, welcome. Uh, Dale Roberts on board with us. He is a Second Amendment supporter, brilliant attorney. Uh, also on board with us is uh, Garson from uh, Graf's in Mexico, Missouri. He just talked about a couple of great firearms. He brought in a shotgun here. Uh, you can get these guns at Graf's later today, actually, in what about? Oh, right now. Right now? Yeah. Because all I right, have well, listen, I, I got to go. Things. You guys wrap it up here. Cause, <laughs> uh, all right, listen. Uh, the Washington Alliance for Gun Responsibility, I don't know if you've heard of them or not, but they were successful in uh, the state of Washington in getting several pieces of legislation passed that they promised everybody was just, it was going to save lives. Uh, the first measure, according to the NRA, was the so-called Universal Background Check Law. And that required federal background check for almost every gun sale and transfer, including temporary transfers, gifts, uh, loans. Uh, they said it was an effective and easy mechanism to eliminate access to guns by criminals. And it applied indiscriminately. Uh, literally, uh, it, it, loans to museums. Transfers during firearm safety classes and by licensed professionals in the security guard industry. But wait, there's more. They got another initiative passed, a 21-page measure, according to the National Rifle Association, to authorize courts to remove firearms from persons presumed to be dangerous based on allegations made by past or present spouses, dating partners, cohabitants, and other persons related by blood or marriage. Uh, and this, again going to reduce violence and save lives. But wait, the folks in Washington, gullible though they may be, and clearly they've demonstrated that, passed another piece of legislation from this group. Uh, they promised an, on increasing public safety by imposing a firearm storage requirement and restricting semi-automatic assault rifles, which none of us in this room know how to how they came, how, what made it an assault rifle, uh, made up a term uh, that uh, includes rifles used for legitimate and ordinary hunting, sporting, competition activities, uh, shootings uh, involving the use of semi-automatic assault rifles have resulted in hundreds of lives lost, they say. So how did all this work out? Can anybody want to take a stab at this? I'm betting it didn't get the result they said it would. You bet. Washington Association of Sheriffs and Police Chiefs published an annual report on crime in the state compiled from data submitted to the Washington State Universe Uniform Crime Reporting Program uh, by local law enforcement agencies. And lo and behold, it didn't do anything. It didn't save lives. In fact, in some cases, things got worse. In 2018, rifles were used in two murders, uh, well, knives uh, were in 45, drugs and narcotics, 7% of weapons, 17 uh, were blunt objects, uh, even vehicles were used. Rifles just didn't play a big part in any of this. Uh, violent crime continued to escalate. Yet people still buy into this stuff. Dale, why are they so gullible? What is, what is it that misleads these people? Uh 
I'm just at a loss. And, you know, when you mentioned it, I went, you know, I brought this up over here on my laptop. And you know, I'm looking at their webpage. It's like the statistics don't, the facts don't support what you're saying, what this webpage says. I mean, and when the results come in, as you just described, what do they have to say? I mean, I, I suspect they ignore the facts that don't fit their narrative. But you know, I, at some I, point, you would think people would go, hey, this hasn't made a damn bit of difference. Well, and John Lott is such a good example of that. As I recall, John Lott, I think you told me about this. John Lott started his career trying to prove that guns were a problem. And when he did the research, he realized he was wrong. And, yeah. and that's how he got started at doing what he does. It, it's like, you know, you you do your homework and then you, you know, work with what you find. And they just refuse to do that. Yeah, if you're an honest purveyor of information... Uh, then you would <clears throat> look at this and, and say, well, you know what? Uh, the whole premise is wrong. But instead, they move on. And a lot of times, they do the, this distortion, Garson, on purpose. I mean, knowingly. Uh, I remember uh, having a debate with an anti-gunner uh, about the state of Missouri. And, and this goes, uh, the, apparently, before I came to the state, you needed to get a permit to buy a gun. And this anti-gunner well, in the, the the permit to acquire a concealable firearm. Yeah, you had to go to the sheriff's department and pay ten bucks to get your permit to allow you to purchase a handgun. So I'm I'm debating this woman, and she says, "Well, here's a graph, and you can see that from the moment that they eliminated that, the violent crime rates went up." If you don't know, you think, "Oh my God, that doesn't make sense," but there it is. What she and they knew this. If you look back a year or two before they got rid of that law, violent crime rate was escalating at a much greater rate. Then they passed that law and it continued to go up, but at a much slower rate. So they purposely distort the truth, and and it's really frustrating. I think for the rest of us. Because we know better, and you want to go out and shake everybody by the you know by the head and say, "Hey, look, this is not true." It, and it 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 just it's frustrating, is it not? And the only thing I can think is these people think I don't like guns, therefore I don't want you to have them, and I'll do whatever it takes to to try and accomplish that. Well, even even the more reasonable people that may not care one way or another about guns, they see. They see guns being used to do bad things. And the story that goes along with it is, well, we need to get rid of these guns so these bad people can't do bad things anymore. But that's not the truth. The bad people are going to do bad things whether they have the gun or not. They're going to find another way. You know, just like Jurassic Park. Criminals will find a way. Just, just like Jurassic Park? Yeah, life will find a way. Criminals will find a way. <laughs> Lost me Pearl, on that one. I, yeah. Pearly words of wisdom. So in Jurassic Park, they engineered the dinosaurs as all females, so they couldn't reproduce, so dinosaurs wouldn't take over the world. Well, frog DNA they had apparently allows frogs to change their gender based on their environment, and I guess that DNA got mixed in with the dinosaurs, and dinosaurs changed their gender, much like some humans do now. Um, and <laughs> No, it's not, a, and yeah, not even close. So now we have this non-binary thing. With dinosaurs on Jurassic Park, yeah. Chuck and I were at an NRA dinner last night, and we both won firearms. And on the 4473 now, the choice 
that you must you must make a choice: male, female, or non-binary. Did you put in non-binary? I was tempted. I mean, come on. I, I put in Native American because I was born It'll here. It'll double his chances. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for being on board with us. It's uh, it's time to run. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your life. You make it happen. Seize the day. Carpe diem. Gwen, baby. I am coming home.